Hey, well, hi there. It's uh, John Newcomb again. I am in Miami. Um, I've been here now for, this would be my second night, and I'm going back to Mexico tomorrow on Friday. But, um, boy, I've, it's a whole different world from what I remember in Miami, and I, I do think I'll be coming back. Um, but, you know, I've been here meeting with uh, friends, colleagues, and, uh, you know, establishing new business relationships. And, you know, I'll be spending some time. I've, I've saw the Midtown area, the Windwood area. Uh, tomorrow I'll be around Brickell and downtown. And uh, uh, it was really interesting, you know, in thinking of Tony Goldman and his vision of the late 80s and early 90s, you know, Miami Beach and and uh, uh, what he's what he did and, and his family continues to do in the... Um, in the Winwood area um, today, I um, was at a ULI event and uh, the ULI Vision Awards here, and uh, put together and organized by the ULI Southeast Florida and Caribbean um, group. Uh, must have been six to seven hundred people. Really, really incredible uh, organization. I have to commend them, and um, you know Greg West and the whole staff that they have is just did a a really, really incredible job. Um, I uh, I found uh, Craig Robbins, uh, CEO and president of Dacra, who was really the uh, the guy who uh, spearheaded the development of uh, Midtown and. Having spent a little bit of time there yesterday, and uh, a good friend of mine, Guillermo Almaso, who just moved into the area and bought a condo there, I have to say it was really, really impressed. So but when we look at Tony Goldman, and today, actually, Craig uh, Robbins mentioned uh, uh, Tony and his vision of the late 80s and early 90s when when uh, a lot of this was no man's land and no one cared about the areas. But, you know, thanks to his vision and, and this pioneer spirit, and I do like his saying, you know, there's no training to become a pioneer. You're either one or you're not. Um, that attitude that he has, and, you know, he made something happen. And that something that he happened to create was the reason for people to visit, live, eat, dine, drink, hang out. Uh, Craig Robbins uh, today spoke about uh, Miami Beach and uh, one of the first actions that was done in Miami Beach was to uh, actually have uh, uh, a lot of models being photographed, you know, for uh, spreads on, um, you know, fashion spreads and things and just uh, kind of filling the street. And uh, and then people wanted to go there and they wanted to see that and there was activity and then the restaurants opened, you know. So, um, you know, it was, <laughs> I've learned a lot from, from this trip. And, uh, you know, so we're, as a firm and, you know, professionally, I'm working on a lot of projects that are new. But, you know, Miami Beach and other places like Soho in New York or Barcelona, Madrid, Buenos Aires, downtown Mexico City, um, you know, a lot of them have history there and kind of been laying and waiting, um, waiting for someone to have a visionary uh, approach and bring it back to life. And, you know, not of a relic of its past, because the past is gone, but reinventing uses and reasons to bring it back to life. And in many cases... 
better than it ever was beforehand. So kudos to those pioneers who have uh, the experience and who have experienced this triumph and who have made the change. And kudos to, <laughs> to those who are trying. And as an architect, the question would be, can we, can we create this without the historical or prior life of a place? Can we not reinvent but invent something that does this and, and more? And I, I happen to think so, and I think there are opportunities to do so. And if we consider the experience of living space, living the space, and whether it's a house, an office, a complex of buildings, or a town center, that we as architects can interject the opportunity for people, inhabitants, you know, passerbyers, visitors, transients, to have an experience and to have reason for going and staying and repeating that experience or having new experiences. And, you know, Mexico has what they call these magical towns. And the, they're magical because they recreate an experience and sense of place that may not have been magical in its origins, but it certain, certainly is today. So the challenge to me and my colleagues and friends is let's make magical places from day one. Let's try to inject energy and livability into each one of our projects. And in doing so, create kind of a real magic and I'm, I'm going to keep reporting maybe tomorrow when I'm in Brickell and in uh, Miami Beach. And, you know, I won't have that many, <laughs> that much time, but I certainly will try to, uh, to report again. And if not, I'll do it back in Mexico uh, at the end of the week on the weekend. But um, again, really, really impressed. Love what, I'm, what I've seen uh, so far and uh, the people I've met, and uh, it's been a great Miami experience, and, uh, you know, Miami is very Latin. <laughs> okay, so thank you all. I um, enjoyed this uh, podcast, and I uh, hope to, uh, to uh, uh, be back with you in very short order. You all take care. Well, hello, everybody. This is uh, John Newcomb again. I, I uh, wanted to say, you know, so I've talked to you all earlier and said, you know, I'm in Miami, but I, I did want to say something, you know. I wrote my kids' notes uh, as I was leaving Mexico City, and it was early in the morning, and I did this on paper napkins and, you know, trying to summarize <laughs> at a very early time of the day my feelings for them and leaving short messages of love and a desire for them to have a great rest of the week you know i travel a lot and i see a lot of things but this family that, that stays home while we're away um this family that uh that gets to hear firsthand about my experiences as i travel and i work and i learn and wherever i go i have experiences and these experiences become part of our lives so i've traveled and worked for the last 25 27 years primarily in latin america and i can say that i feel very comfortable in this region of the world and it's friendly it's vibrant it's energizing but it's also clear there's a world of many many opportunities and many lost opportunities it's like starting out again every time so how much has really changed and while i might say that there's quite a bit there are other things that haven't changed at all uh such as the have and the have nots or um uh, a recent book that talks about us against those and there's always been a large portion of the population of have-nots or us's 
they have little education and opportunity to grow out of their misery. And, and it's getting worse and incredibly worse. And because jobs are becoming scarce, scarcer and jobs are becoming more specialized, it's those who have an opportunity to educate and train themselves who will grow and prosper. But, it, but it's those that are left behind that find themselves further and further away from prosperity. So as an architect, there's not much I can do, but as a global citizen, there must be something that I can do to help. But then again, I look at our profession and I wonder which element of our profession will be safe from the automation and artificial intelligence you know, that's coming. Draftsmen become computer jockeys manipulating lines. They're inputting information on layers of information, uh, that, which can be adjusted, modified, aligned, much the way that we used to draw by hand. But then today it's BIM, and uh, where all the information is input in three dimensions, it can be verified, and where we can check for misalignments and conflicts, you know, between systems and the architecture. And then we can model that, you know, uh, it can be used for as builds, uh, can be used for managing and operating our building. It's, it's, it's really, really incredible. But the, f the future is almost upon us and it's always going to be there, you know, we'll continue to go. But because of virtual reality today, we have programs and we have technology that we can visualize space and we can walk within that space. We can change colors, textures, light levels, you know, we can, uh, do this in real time. And, and so the future is bright for programmers <laughs> that will receive instructions from architects and who will visualize space, but there will be artificial intelligence that draws and, and shows us what the space will look like, feel like, and, and be experienced as. So it's all interesting stuff. It's happening all around us. You know, we're hence we're living in an incredible world of change, and fortunately, it's still small, and small enough where a note to a child written on a napkin still is valuable, maybe more valuable than anything else in the world. But I do wonder, you know, what will my kids be, and what kind of world would they have, and uh, what can I, as a parent, do to ensure that they have the uh, capabilities of uh, of really progressing and being many many things in this whole new world that we're living in. So, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciated this note. This is our podcast number fifteen, and uh, I'll be talking to you all soon. You take care. Bye.